Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, this is Boys Don't Cry. We're talking about newborns, those tiny bombs in relationships when they come along, particularly that first baby. I'm joined by Ivo Graham and Jen Brister. We started discussing the difference between how men are judged in society in relation to newborn babies, their expectations, how the person who hasn't given birth is affected and how they feel inadequate, imposter syndrome, all that. So make sure you listen to part one. Um, right, so I've been putting off the, the subject that probably going to take the whole of the rest of the, of the show, which I hope it doesn't. And I will again, if you are listening to this, you are sleep deprived, particularly if you're a knackered uh, mummy. Please listen to what I'm about to say. I am not suggesting in any way what I did is superior, better, clever or the way to do it. I'm just suggesting it's what I did. We're going to talk about sleep. Okay, because if there's one missile that's going to go going to go into the hull of a relationship, it is sleep or that or lack of. What Lindsay and I did, again, I had the benefit of being the last person out of my group to have kids sort of watching what went wrong with everyone else and the everyone had different problems the only thing that was consistent was baby in baby in the bed and then it just seems to continue to eight nine years old musical beds so I started the night with the daughter with me in my bed and then we swapped because someone wanted to be with me so my son went in with my wife and just musical beds all night until the kids are 11 over and over and over again so when Lynn, as the moment we decided to throw the pill packet into the bin, that's when we agreed a sleep strategy, Lindsay and me. So those of you that are childless listening to this thinking it's not for you, if I could give you one tip, when you're on the holiday and you go, let's have a baby, shall we? Agree sleep then. Pre-zygote, pre-embryo, agree. If you're going to be beard stroking, bed sharing, we don't care about sleep, we just want to spend time together, great. I salute your decision. But both be into that. Do not have one uh, bed sharing, hippie, beard stroking, never want to sleep again, mixed with wouldn't mind my own space, wouldn't mind not masturbating in the spare room while our marriage dies, person. (laughs) When you get one of each, you're going to get conflict. That is all I'm saying in everything that's going to go. There isn't a right here. There's There's no study that shows... Kids that sleep on a routine have better academic outcomes than ones that don't. There's there's nothing, so don't try and make it about that. I'm just saying I was going to get my kid through the night and nothing was going to stop me. And that was one thing as a man I enjoyed. The charts, the planning, the plan of attack like Winston Churchill, baby through the night by 12 weeks. 
How did you get on with that, Jen? Given you gasped at Ivo sleeping through the night a year, I'm guessing I'm not going to get a positive report. <laughs> um, we didn't have that. We did not have that. We, um, three, nearly three years, they didn't sleep through the night. So they weren't in our bed. They were in their own room. Um, and it just meant one of us would have to get up and then rock them to sleep. And then literally you'd put one down, you'd go crawl into bed and then the other one would wake up and then you'd do the same and it would be all night. And, and we did, oh my God. we did the sleep training. We did the, you know, put a, put a vacuum cleaner next to you, open a window and speak to them in Mandarin. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like we tried absolutely everything and I was like, these pricks don't want to sleep. Okay, so I, I, some children sleep, some children don't sleep. We had two that didn't sleep and you know, we even got a sleep trainer in. We got ev- we did everything, and uh, like we went. Oh, know, so you got we a profe- went, you got a professional in? Literally, we went middle class squared. We got a sleep trainer in, and uh, who I resented. What's, what's that like? A sort of dozy Joe Wicks? Ah, uh, we're gonna put our head on the pillow, stretch your legs out. It's, <laughs> it's a very very serious woman who pops over and is very serious about the fact that you're not putting your children to sleep properly. And I came back from a gig and she was in the house and I was just really very resentful that she was there. Did she acknowledge and her failure to get your kids to sleep? Or? Well, what she said, and actually it ended up that she was, <clears throat> whatever, right? Um, one, of our, one, of our, one of our boys had a, uh, an allergy. And it, he had a, so he was allergic to milk protein. So because Chloe was having dairy, it was going through the breast milk. And gotcha. anyway, as soon as we got him on a dairy-free formula, he had been in pain. The pain went and he slept no differently. He still didn't sleep. So, um, <laughs> oh, you really, teased him. It, abs- <laughs> no, it certainly helped him. He was no longer in pain and he started to put on weight, which was great, but he didn't. Yeah. I, 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 I feel quite, I feel like if you have a kid that sleeps or if you don't have a kid that sleeps, I feel like there's so much judgment around it. Exactly. And That's I, why I'm treading I, carefully. I think it, you have to be really careful because also some children really respond to sleep training and some, they don't. And I, I don't know. We were, you know, it got to a point around two where they started to, one of them would sleep through the night, if not both of them. So we got, it got to be slightly, so I'd only have to get up once or twice as opposed to six times in the night. But it wasn't really until they were heading towards three that it was just became normal that they slept through. And I, and I, and I don't know why they just were like, yeah, I think they they both look like they're going to die, and we need them. So should we just sleep through? <laughs> and uh, even, it did feel like they were even the a other chat. one, yeah, even the spare one, yeah, yeah, the spare <laughs> one. She's, if anything, she's going first. Um, often when I talk to people with newborns, that is the thing that is most stressful is feeding your children because and and and. And you making sure you get enough sleep seem to be the two basic things for you to survive a newborn. And if those things aren't happening, eesht. And it's so it's, it's such an emotional subject because when you're sleep deprived, you're more likely to be emotional anyway. And, and I and... turn up to gigs near, feeling like I was gonna. People go, "How are you, Jen?" I'm like, "I'm okay." Oh, you're doing you a know. character, great! I can't wait to see. <laughs> no, this is a character. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I'm really sorry. Why, why does Jen always look like she's about to start crying? Because I was so tired, yeah. and you know, still driving to gigs, coming back. Oh. Kids were awake. Ivo, so you've obviously had a successful run. Was it a planned attack or are you just got one of these fortunate babies that just sleeps? Um, It wasn't a a sort of completely planned and micromanaged attack. Um, 
uh, certainly not by the the, the Kane standards. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we 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 read a few books, had a few basic ideas, were able to be flexible at the start. To be honest, again, I, I quite enjoyed that because I am a chaotically nocturnal person. I was king of the all nighter. Um, ah, at university, by which I mean necking a load of pro plus, staying up all night, and still not getting the work done, <laughs> but nonetheless having that that sort of wide eyed, haunted look that made me legendary uh, amongst, uh, amongst some of the younger students. Um, and again, I sort of you know a lot of my guilt as an adult around around sleep is of you know not taking the uh, prior to parenthood the sensible option with a bedtime and and letting a ten thirty creep to a midnight and then a one a.m. just because I'm farting about online and um and now it was suddenly like oh that can be useful the fact that i yeah you know really can be, you <laughs> You've know trained all well. your life for this moment it was fantastic <laughs> it was it was legitimate all-nighters it was finally a sort of sense of duty to the kind of procrastination <laughs> that i've been doing for years and the fact that i can be a sort of half speed legend on five hours sleep or less um, actually served really well and i sort of nap anywhere um uh, and uh and and so that's sort of quite a, a sort of useful thing mm. as well so i you know i looked forward to it i'm afraid i i you know i took a pathetic amount of pleasure choosing which netflix uh series i was going to work my way through and um and i did all right but then unfortunately around the time of the year when i was away more with um going on tour and then going to edinburgh for a month uh, was when things like reflux and colic started to kick up. And so um, it was a much, much more stressful time. And I was not able to be any real um, great support for a lot of that. Mm. And I think uh, various things were tried, but eventually we too turned to the sleep trainer who gave some very simple and effective tips, um, none of which I can specifically recall at this point because the game has continued to change since then. Um, but for the last few months, it's been it's been pretty good and through the night. Well, it's nice to hear a happy conclusion to that. I mean, it's, so our, our strategy was just initially just to extend the awake periods during the day, obviously making sure she was getting the right amount of naps. So we had the judgment in the other direction laughing dismissal wherever we went good that don't fuck it we tried all that good luck none of that work why are you mm. keeping her awake for that's abuse in it uh <laughs> it, so i there, like there that is, though there I, are some really people like... that the, the midwife as Lindsay had given Lindsay had given birth about an hour before she'd been stitched up i'd done the i'd had the sort of first chest-to-chest contact while Lindsay was being put back together and before she could get that baby on the boob the uh, the woman in on the maternity nurse said, "If I give you one bit of advice, don't read anything. Just let baby lead you." Now that might be right or it might be wrong, but it's nonetheless a dogma at the moment on on the wards. I mean, I've prepared for everything I've ever done, from a driving license to researching my marriage uh, venues and anything I've ever studied. But for some reason, whatever you is the most important thing you've ever done. Yeah, don't give it a fucking thought. Let, let put the baby on the throne and let it lead you. Now that might turn out to be right in a hundred years. I just thought it was odd to, to to suggest that studying anything was damaging. So we went down the the strategy of getting her on regular. We didn't worry about the night time. We know that you know, feed them on demand till you know for the for at least six to eight weeks. But the, the plan was, if we could extend the awake periods during the day, or, so the hour nap, instead of going, well, she's still asleep, let her sleep for two hours, sod it, we're knackered, where there would be an unswaddling and awaking at exactly 2pm, just had enough sleep. And that was the strategy to sort of nudge 
the rest towards the end of the night. Now, right or wrong, we we got a lot of funny looks. I'm near really so babies wake at six a.m. Even if you fly to Australia. They magically know when it's 6 a.m. on the first day. To which I responded, maybe you've got shit blackout curtains. So we have psychotic vampire in residence. You cannot walk safely across the bedrooms at midday in our house without bumping into something. So they were, they were the tips we did. But the judgment was unreal in the other direction, just so, just so you know, Jen. It was, it was no better. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I, but that's the thing. I think you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. And and uh, my advice to anyone is if you, whatever you're doing with your kids, don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell anyone yeah. because everyone's got a bloody opinion and people are incredibly passive aggressive when yeah. they give their, oh, well, you're doing that. That's interesting because I heard that that is actually really detrimental to your child's oh, frontal lobe you know in, yeah like, if you, know, if you dare sleep you train t- you are a, you're a nazi camp sleep trainer but- I, I i literally if if you don't sleep train then you're going to die because <laughs> you know sleep deprivation is a genuine torture isn't it oh my and god if, i don't think i've ever experienced torture like it to be slipping into the deepest darkest oh. juiciest loveliest sleep that you've ever been in and you're just like literally swallowing you from the like from the head down. <laughs> and you're like oh this is and then all you hear is like, i and then you have to drag yourself out of that beautiful feeling to stare at a child or a baby that you love hmm. you love this little blob that's just going to scream. I mean, you know, it's it's a wonder. Oh, it's it's a wonder any of us get through it. And people um, say to me, "Oh, I wish you told me. Uh, wish you to- what they've had babies since I've gone. I wish you told me, Jen." It was like, I did tell you. I you just didn't listen. No. I, do you remember when you came on holiday with us to Wales and I you'd wake up at ten a.m. and I'd been up since five and I was crying in the kitchen. Do you, that's when I was telling you about how awful. That was an actual cry for help that you ignored. Um, but I want to focus now on what I call the masturbating in the spare room syndrome, which is, I mean, you might find it offensive. I've said it that way. But seriously, speak to people in your WhatsApp groups. A lot of people end up cast to the spare room on pornography websites or if, if you're able to resist reading or watching box sets or just like the excluded wrong cousin in the loft who's not part of the team A. Um the way a relationship is affected i think goes in two stages initially there is for us anyway there is a bubble and inside the bubble even if you feel like a bit of a shit assistant manager at the side and you're a little bit feel like you can't be fully involved you're in the hormonal love rush of the bubble everyone wants to see your facebook updates if you're putting your child online well done everyone wants to see your whatsapp pictures everyone wants to come over and visit that bubble fades quite quick i was shocked I thought it was six months. It's probably closer to four to six weeks. Everyone's seen the baby. Maybe you're lucky enough to have a mum or a mother-in-law that stays involved, but the novelty wears off. The bubble drains away. Very often, whoever is the the lead breadwinner, sadly in our patriarchal society, the man, is booted back out into the workplace. And we see two very different experiences when the bubble is exited. We see the person left at home sucked dry and ruined by child rearing and the other one guilty on the road in the office maybe getting sucked back into go down the pub with the mates just to feel normal again now that sounds like the sort of division from 1970 i'm sorry to break it to you it ain't 
there's a lot of, uh, you know, I'm just, oh, it's time for me to start going out with the lads again. And you think, my God, am I actually hearing this conversation in 2020? Obviously not me. I'm a stand-up. I have no life, like all stand-ups. Um, what do we think about how relationships are affected when the novelty phase wears off, when the thing's still a newborn, but no one gives a shit about your newborn? How was your experience of that, Jen? And, and what do you think of this? So, yes, I think there is a four-week, uh, four- to six-week bubble where you feel absolutely incredible. You think parenthood is amazing. And even if you are sleep-deprived, there's a level of adrenaline that seems to be keeping you going, like the, the novelty of it all. But when that crash happens, it is, you know, it's, it's, it, it, if anything is going to destroy a relationship, it's children. I mean, lots of people <laughs> go, oh, we had a kid to bring us together and I'm like well mm. you have made a terrible error there because that's not how it works children I just don't think children keep relationships together they they challenge you in every conceivable way they challenge you because you're sleep deprived because you no longer have a social life because you're finding it difficult to maintain friendships you don't have your sex life has disappeared mm. it's gone we need to talk about that as well there's no and also it's not like there's, I find that it comes like, it's almost like a, 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 the door that swings open. And sh- do you know what I mean? Like one of you's up for it, then the other, but the other one of you isn't. And then the other one is, oh, but I'm up for it now. You're like, oh, well, I'm just knackered. Like some you sort know, of you, porno farce. Yeah, it's, it's like you can't <laughs> seem to ever get it. And even on the days where you're like, do you know what? We're both up for it. Then the kids are like, it's 5am, let's match. <laughs> you know, it's, there's no, there doesn't seem to be a point where you can make time for each other. And so, yeah, you are, you know, masturbating behind a bin and it's not a good time. And the other thing is that some, rightly or wrongly, it sometimes comes off of a few, a few months during pregnancy where there might not have been a very active uh, relationship in that sense as well. uh, Some, some men, some women just suddenly think, look, I'm at six months pregnant. This is not happening anymore. So you've, you're already sitting on a few months of not exactly erotic sizzling tension that came before the birth. So it's a longer yeah, exactly. it's a longer period of time than one might realise for for a lot of couples. I'm sure some people I, are banging away I, till nine months, but not everyone. No, and I'm sure I can't speak to I can't speak to other people, but I'm just it, I know from like our relationship, it, it 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 becomes like a job trying to maintain. Yeah, you know, you're getting you who if there's nothing less sexy than going what Tuesday we could do. I know we could do. Do you want to do? Tu- I can't do. I'll be back later. I'm not. I don't get back to three. I, I won't want to get up at six. I've got a planned arousal on Wednesday at one p.m. If that yeah. would fit. Is there anything? Le- and, and it's almost like as it's as it's looming, you're like, oh, I better. Shall I watch a bit of porn first? How am I going to get this going? You know. Oh, that's that's terrible, isn't it? When you when you schedule an erotic session uh, and yeah. you realise. On the rare, on the rare for me, the rare occasion, I'm like, I just wouldn't mind a bit of reading in bed. So I'm going to have to do forced, like a sort of foie gras into a goose. I'm going to have to force porn into my eyes to get to the required level of filth needed to be into them. I'm so glad you admitted that first, Jen, because I thought it was the only one that did that. Well, you no, of- I think, I, also, I think, I think it, you know, once you're in it, it's, it's just like anything. You think, oh, I don't really want to go for a run. And then you go, you feel great afterwards. Yeah. But it's just the thought of it. And also, with, <laughs> with lesbians, it just takes hours. So uh, you really got to set aside. <laughs> it's more it's like a, a Mo Farah run than a Usain Bolt. Oh, it, it's, it, it's definitely not a Usain Bolt, that's for sure. Yes, a lot of men actually do the Usain Bolt symbol after the love mate, just to show they, just to show they've broken their personal best. Listeners, I'm doing the the gesture. I think a lot of lesbians go. Do you do you have to come this time, or is it okay if it's just me? Okay, great, let's go. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> So I, Ivo, I mean this this bomb that goes off in in well not just in the sex life but just in in the connection in generally in the relationship. I'm wondering if it's got a lot to do with how long the baby stays in the bedroom for as well. Now before before we comment on that, we should just say the NHS recommends six months that the, be, the baby stays in the bedroom next to the parents. We don't know why, but it has and it has an effect on. Um, Cot death, the babies that share share bedrooms with their parents are, are less at risk. Who knows why? Probably we're just so hyper alert that if the baby stops breathing, we spring out of bed like a mentalist. But there are some people that suggest the breathing matches to the parents. Who knows? But a baby in the bedroom can't be a good thing if it goes past six months, one year, two years. I mean, where's the cutoff, Ivo? Uh, I don't know where the appropriate cutoff is, uh, Russell. I'm still <laughs> reeling from the um, using porn as foie gras to accuse... <laughs> analogy listen which... jen admitted it first i just admitted that i do it too i i wish i'd i wish i'd had that analogy to use <laughs> I, I would have used it um big fan of porn big fan of foie gras always a tragedy <laughs> to see them in the same sentence <laughs> <laughs> um how can you state I... the same erotic being how those people that looked across at each other on a first date and didn't even finish your pizza express because you had to run home to shag couldn't keep your hands off each other in the uber shagging in the kitchen how low can a couple go when you your partner farts in the kitchen and you think they're speaking to you that's how low <laughs> that's how low we've gone <laughs> the descent is almost unimaginable <laughs> oh god that is quite the image it's true though isn't it <laughs> so so i vote what, what do you think of this, that couples trying to hang on to their their erotic relationship, their social relationship? If your baby's not sleeping and you don't have the childcare, you can't even have a date night. It's all very well people saying, just have a regular date night in the week. How? I work my tits mm. off and we've got no one to help. Um, well, I, uh, I don't know what the solution to that is, um, particularly if your baby is just not giving you even a moment to your to yourself 
Um, I've got uh, a quite a sort of a, a complicated version of this myself um, because uh, my uh, partner and I split up last year and have been co-parenting mm. since. Um, and that wasn't as a result of uh, uh, the baby. I think that was a result of pressures, many of which had been sort of building for quite a long time before the baby. Um, and we've actually found our daughter to be sort of, you know, an, an almost uncomfortably bonding thing throughout this, particularly this year uh, when we've moved back in together because of the pandemic. So we've lived together for coming up to five months and actually had a far more intimate sort of wow. home life than we had uh, before when we were an actual couple because uh, I'm not working. I'm not going off in the evenings to work. So we have days with our daughter. Sometimes we sort of split the days if we've both got work or we want a bit of space. Um, but, you know, inevitably we're hanging out a huge amount as a trio. And then in the evenings we put our daughter to bed. She goes down, sorry to say this again, an absolute dream between 7 and 7.15. <laughs> and, and then often we'll just sort of make dinner or watch something on TV or any of the normal stuff that we never did when we were in a relationship um, or, or certainly did very rarely because uh, because I was working nights and um, and then we go to sleep in our in our separate rooms uh, so I cannot speak to the uh, usual sort of parenting experience and this is the first time I've ever really talked about it in any uh, public forum at all it feels very very um, strange and it is an evolving situation um, much like the entirety of the national and global situation is <laughs> well thank um, you for sharing but, it uh, I, I certainly think that a, a, a child is not um, is, is not something that is going to uh, rescue a relationship that is uh, built on rocky foundations but particularly when you are all living together forced together by uh, a pandemic it is a wonderfully, magically, and yet horrifically bonding thing mm. because it is so exhausting, um, and it. But it is also so uh, so sort of joyful as well. So, starting to look beyond this wave or the second wave, and, and then trying to plan um, a co-parenting life ahead of us, which is still we hope as will be as a sort of collaborative and and supportive and. Um, affectionate as it currently is, but is still separate. It's quite a scary prospect. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I can't speak for Jen, but I think there'll be a lot of people listening to that when you described the day together, putting the baby to bed, then retiring to your separate rooms. Rightly or wrongly, a lot of us are thinking, that sounds fucking lovely. (laughs) 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 And I know that's a very wrong thing to say, but it's all the best of both worlds a little bit there. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I mean, we are. I, I feel like we could dwell on all of this for hours, but I, before we run out of time, given that we've all got sort of quite different backgrounds, really, very different backgrounds, I thought we'd talk about the cultural aspect of parenting. We, the three of us, come preloaded with very different um, backgrounds. So I come from sort of typical working class Essex council estate background where you do do everything together. The baby stays with you. You know, everything's all all muddled in. Yes, you strict. Yes, you put it on a routine, but you give up everything for that child. You know, there's no, you know, there's no boarding school or things like that, for example. It's something which is totally not understood where I'm from. So it's much more you're all thrown into the pot and get on with it. Mix with I'd call it structured, structured chaos. (laughs) my world um but jen you come from a spanish background right yes my mum's spanish so so you'll have a completely um, different set now the it's a sort of stereotype with the people from that peninsula the iberian peninsula and italian parenting is everyone sort of stays up having dinner till midnight and everyone's always hanging out together is that bollocks uh, no no that's completely true um it's uh 
I mean, obviously, I had a very different experience because I grew up in in this country, so I didn't have a, I didn't have that sort of upbringing, you know. It was, but my mum. Yeah, but when you when you came to have babies, your mum must have started piping up a little oh, bit. Oh, my mum has many opinions, and <laughs> it was very hard. Demasiado to... opiniones. De- demasiado opiniones. See, um, I felt at times that I had to I had to basically mute her because I couldn't I, I'm not really allowed to tell my mum anything so I I'm not actually in a position where I can go look mum do you know what I think that that's that's great that you think that but I'm going to do it differently I've tried that a couple of times and it didn't um it backfired so I she has a very um she's very opinionated she's very dogmatic some would say confrontational woman and she has a very a very strict idea about children and she's she's she was always very strict with us as as kids and i don't know if that's a cultural thing or but i think in spain children are beloved and in a way worshipped but also you are you are your your place you your places you have to understand where your place is within within the the that patriarchal uh, setup which exists which is that the father is at the top then mm. come the children and then comes the mother All right, okay well. so that's how it works so if you if i go to my family and they have a big dinner and it's the men get fed then the children and then once the men have finished and the women have cleared the men's plates then they sit down and they eat and i tell you that was like not even that long ago when i like the last time I went to Spain, that's that's what the setup was. And I literally to my cousin, I was like, I cannot get my head around this, that you guys still do this. And she was like, well, this is just how it is in a small town in Spain. And I was like, I'm sure it's not like that if you go to like a metropolis like Madrid or something. I'm sure it isn't like that. But small town Spain, that's how it is. It's incredible. It's almost the reverse in a lot of British houses where I sort of eat what's left out of the frying pan whilst crying at 1am, <laughs> having, having worked my tits off to 40 people in a pub. Uh so, and what about this? The struck, the structure, and the sleep, and the getting the baby through the night. Is that more flexible? Does that fall into the know your place, go to bed, shut up, when yes. it's not just type well, with, I, again, I, 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 because I didn't grow up within in Spain. No, but what would your mother's view on a newborn be, for example? Well, you know that you. Uh, that they need boundaries that all your children constantly need to be given boundaries and my feeling was that my baby didn't have quite the cognition to understand those boundaries <laughs> when they were six weeks old <laughs> and that maybe we could wait a while before uh creating boundaries um so but you know she had four children and she she, she was like i did a good job what is you are you telling me i did not do a good job and i was like no mom you did great job but i feel like i'm just going to take a little bit of the authoritarianism out and just <laughs> inject a little bit more fun yeah. times yeah so um yeah but but if you go if you go anywhere like if you take your children and you want obviously none of us are going on holiday anymore but if should this ever end uh and you and we are going abroad again then places like spain and italy and portugal they have a very different attitude to children like if you bring a child into a restaurant they're like oh baby let me show me the baby sit down darling oh we'll, look we've got toys whereas if you bring your child into a restaurant in this country yes. like oh you brought in your kid Do, we don't like kids yeah, oh yeah, fucking kids you know it's just a different it's a different attitude absolutely and i think my mum has that attitude for children she just she adores them and she 
kind of does put them up in a sort of oh the children and then when you get to an adult it's like get on with it so Ivo just uh you obviously come from a very particular type of English uh, background so I wonder culturally what expectations there are around newborns um is it out to the village to be wet nursed um well ideally yes ideally it it, it just, takes a village to raise a child they say and in our case it, it is the village actually. um and we're just in the house on top of the hill um but i uh i i've been thinking about it a lot recently because um you know i, I went to boarding school when i was when i was seven um I felt, you know, obviously a lot of the distress associated with that kind of separation for a fair amount of time. But then I did enjoy a lot of that period. And I don't think, unless I've completely buried it, I felt any great sense of um, resentment or betrayal at my parents, like they'd um, abandoned me. Mm. And I've been picking this apart with with sort of therapists a bit in recent years, whether there is this sort of huge well um, that I just haven't really sort of tapped into yet, or whether actually... It is, as much as it's a negative stereotype, a form of strength that I'm quite proud of, that it's Mm. given me a lot of the independence and confidence that have got me through other things in my adult life. So when I think about the sort of, you know, obviously we're years away from um, schooling and thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds away from private education. (laughs) Um, But uh, fingers crossed for a voiceover. uh, um, Takeshi's Castle, Series 8. I, I was thinking about Takeshi's Castle just this morning, actually. Russell, but Stephen's doing a lovely job. I know. Um, I uh, do, but but you know, as we start to deal with things like separation anxiety in on the much smaller sort of newborn to toddler scale, you know, leaving rooms, um, letting her sort of cry in the back of the car, letting her cry for a bit before she goes to bed, and feeling the stress and the anxiety that that gives you as a parent and having to make sort of micro versions of those decisions where am I going to be led by my immediate desire to stop that screaming and make my child happy and give them whatever they seem to want or am I going to let them ride it out because actually it'll be for everyone's good longer on you go god how you know how how are we going to be ready for the decisions like this with regards to nursery and then you know bigger things later on I I feel like I do carry the way I was brought into small, even small things like snacking between meals. Um, uh, my daughter's mum is, is so sort of good at um, being sort of plugged into my, what, what my daughter sort of wants and um, and sort of speaking to her. But sometimes I feel that my daughter sort of just knows that um, we are both so besotted with her that we will just give her what she wants. Mm. And... So I feel like you need to have some sort of arbitrary. Well, no, we've we've had our sort of three p.m. banana and dinner is at five, <laughs> and you've got to be, you know, and we want you to be hungry for dinner because you know I'm, I'm putting a lot of legwork into this casserole. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's as much for that as anything. But then you're just going, am I just the am I just the twat? You know, you know, denying my daughter a visible banana, a, a broadly very healthy food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't really know to be honest and similarly I guess that that, that extends to, to lifestyle things where um, I think you know a lot of the anxiety I felt before becoming a parent was is my life going to sort of change completely and it doesn't have to change completely and again as the man or as the touring comedian rest in peace um, <laughs> that gave you a certain amount of independence but you can still have social plans but they have to be ones often which involve you know, carting your daughter into the car for an hour or so. Mm. And that can be so much of a faff that you end up going, it's not worth it. And that's the decision you have to make. Do you do you take the sort of, you know, the, the immediately easier option of just staying at home? 
or do you have an uncomfortable time for everyone in pursuit of maintaining uh, a sort of social life which will keep your morale up and also maybe introduce your child to other people's babies and it's just everything is a game of I, I feel like this could be a four a, a four parter that's absolutely fascinating I mean I forgot to mention one one thing Lindsay and I did when she was pregnant I said right I, all of my friends struggled to do their first sort of two night break away and some of them you know it's five six seven eight years old we've never left our ba- baby now it's gone too far um so Lindsay and I, I this is a good tip if you can stick to it we booked a holiday in that we knew we couldn't cancel a two-night break when Minna would have to stay with my mum or Lindsay's mum and we would have to stick to it before the emotions kicked in when it came round, of course we didn't want to go we, we we had all the mixed emotions but we went I call it a ripping the plaster off short break when the baby's about four or five months old baby's going to be fine you can express the milk leave it in the freezer do whatever you need to do if you're breastfeeding and that's what we did so we found that a successful little hack quickly a little fact nursing releases oxytocin a hormone that triggers good feelings towards the baby but also suppresses libido says dr booth so your sex drive is suppressed by breastfeeding and caring for a child anthropologically speaking keeping your sex drive low is your body's way of preventing another pregnancy too soon so that might be why men's testosterone lower as well so we're actually both being chemically programmed not to shag to stop us accidentally creating more children so don't have too much of a hard time on yourself people you are chemically programmed to not want to fuck your other half I think that's a, that's a happy note to finish on, isn't it? <laughs> uh, thank, <laughs> thank you very much to Ivo Graham and Jen Brister. This has been uh, Boys Don't Cry. If you've loved it, please leave a good review. If you haven't subscribed, why not latch on to the teat of wherever you get your podcast and start immediately suckling for past and future episodes. I've been Russell Kane. I currently have no job. Thank you very much. Goodbye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 